Hey everybody, Fran Frischella here and welcome to this week's World of Basketball. This is the podcast that shrinks the basketball globe for you and brings you interesting players, coaches, executives uh, from every uh, place in basketball and uh, college Euro League, NBA, we try to really touch the, the, the gamut. And uh, this week, we've got a very interesting and fun guest, Maxi Kleber of the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Maxi uh, now into a very solid career as a, a role player in the NBA. And uh, we'll talk to him just in a few moments about uh, life in Germany, growing up in Germany, uh, growing up in the same town that produced a great Hall of Fame player, Dirk Nowitzki, his interaction with Dirk, his time uh, battling injuries as a young player, now in the NBA, and a really solid role player. The Mavericks are uh, struggling uh, as we speak, uh, off to a slow start, injury bug, uh, getting used to, I think, a new system, new coach with Jason Kidd uh, back in Dallas. But uh, Maxi uh, will be really, I think, enlightening about his NBA journey from Germany to uh, the United States and the NBA. And uh, speaking of Germany, uh, just a just a couple quick notes as we get ready to bring Max on. But uh, Franz Wagner, younger brother of Mo Wagner, both of them played at Michigan at times in NBA history, uh, and I think are building for the future. And Franz Wagner is certainly a key piece. Uh, drafted, I believe, eighth. Uh, he has been an absolute revelation, uh, has had some monster games, averaging 14 points a game. And as rookies go, probably the surprise of the first round. Of course, he's teaming up with his brother, Mo. Uh, both uh, come out of the Albert, Albert Berlin uh, team up team, and they're, they're, uh, uh, it's great to see them doing well. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, another German. Uh, remember the controversy last summer about whether he should have signed that deal with the Lakers? Uh, Dennis is averaging 17 and five with the Celtics. He brings them great speed, instant isolation offense, and uh, I have a feeling he's going to make some of that money back. Uh, not a lot of high-level German players in college this year, uh, like we saw last year with, uh, with Franz Wagner. Uh, you remember Oscar De Silva played at Stanford. He's now back in Germany, uh, off to a good pro career start. And his little brother Tristan is a sophomore at Colorado, uh, the son of German and Brazilian parents. Tristan is a uh, uh, also another young man who comes uh, from uh, Germany and now playing in college. The BBL is rapidly becoming one of the better leagues in Europe, and it's filled with uh, American players playing uh, basketball there, former NBA players, college players. And off the top of my head, Jordan Hulls from Indiana, who's been on this podcast before, still in Ludwigsburg, having a great season there. Justin Simon, former St. John star, uh, one of his teammates is also off to a really good start there in Munich, Bayern Munich, uh, Darren Hilliard who played at Villanova uh, and, a and some time in the NBA with the Pistons is, uh, is playing well as as is Deshaun Thomas, his teammate there in Munich, former Buckeye star. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's fun to follow these guys uh, have their careers that take place outside of the NBA and uh, doing well in the German league. So uh uh, remember, if you're enjoying what we're doing on World of Basketball, please subscribe, uh, give us a review. You can get your World of Basketball podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and certainly if you haven't downloaded the SXM app uh, to your phone, 
do so uh, because Sirius brings you incredible content uh, in the sports world, politics, culture, uh, some great stuff. And you can find World of Basketball on your SXM podcast as we head towards 100 episodes. We're not there yet, uh, but we're certainly heading towards uh, episodes uh, uh, that you can go back and play. And we've had some great guests. So with that, uh, a terrific and fun conversation with the Dallas Mavericks and German import, Maxi Kleber. Joining us on World of Basketball, uh, a young guy, he's not he's still pretty young, 29 years old, who is uh, carving out a really nice, solid NBA career. I've been following him since he was about 17 when he started coming on the German scene uh, as a young player. And uh, now, uh, 50 year in the NBA, my guest today, Maxi Kleber. How are you, my you friend? Doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Does anybody call you Maximilian? Uh, no, only back then when my mom was a little mad, she used to say my full name. Other than that, no. <laughs> so that's universal. That happens in the States too. <laughs> yep. No? That's really cool. Hey, um, I, I want to just start with this. Um, even before Dirk Nowitzki, we'll talk about Dirk, but this is a Maxi Kleber uh, World of Basketball podcast. Basketball's not really wasn't big in, in uh, your hometown, Würzburg. Um, uh, in my hometown itself, basketball was pretty big because, uh, you know, people in my hometown love basketball. But okay. overall in Germany, basketball is not too big. Yeah. Right. But I guess it was in your town because of Dirk, right? When you were. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dirk played a big role in why basketball was such a big sport in my hometown in your hometown but mainly your, your your country is a football country yeah 100 do you have a favorite team just before we get started <clears throat> i mean i played two years in bayern munich so i i always pick bayern munich got it okay well that's safe that's good you won't get anybody yep. in trouble all right hey <laughs> let me ask you this um for a kid from versburg are you ex are you surprised that you you're you are where you are you're 29 five years in the nba What's that feeling like when you think back to the days when you were a 12 year old kid and Dirk yeah, came I mean, to town, you know, with the, with the championship? Yeah. I mean, how much time do you have? Because like, <laughs> I remember, I remember a lot um, when I think like, I think about this a lot actually, because this is like a childhood dream that became true for me. And I remember the times back then um, when my hometown started to have a, like a, a professional basketball team again. So they built it up when I was, I want to say I was like 13, 14 years old right. and they started it. And my, my coach back then, he was like, Hey, uh, just asking everybody here, what is your goal with basketball? And I said, I want to play in the NBA. And he was laughing, said like, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, you know, like you're very talented and I can see you play in the first league. I just write this down because they want to see how serious we take it. And, right. you know, looking back at that, we laughed about this like two years ago when we talked about like me actually being in the NBA now, um, because it seems so surreal to actually make it plus on top of that, Dirk Nowitzki played in the same team and I had the privilege to play the last two seasons of his um, exactly. with him together, which was super amazing because he was obviously my, my hero growing up. And, you know, when you think about all that and like being from such a small town, being from Germany where basketball is not really big yeah. and having all this, like it's, it's really a big blessing and it seems so unreal. And still to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm happy every day to be able to say, Hey, I'm not, not just that I made it here, but I'm playing, you know, I have, a, I have a role. I, I help yeah. the team. I'm, I'm a good defender. I do my three point shooting. I do this and that. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's very special when I think about it every day. 
What's it like playing in the NBA? I mean, what seriously, what's it like day to day guarding Paul George and KD and, you know, you, you got that reputation as a, as a defensive specialist. What's, what's that like when you um, go to work? It's definitely, day? yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a challenge because, you know, the talent in the NBA is unbelievable. I think yeah. um, for those superstars, there's no way that you can guard them one-on-one. So right. what it really comes down to is like make every shot as hard as possible, yeah. take something away. And then you just have to rely on your teammates as well. And, you know, that plays a big role, just communicating well with your teammates, but it's definitely a challenge every day, but yeah. you know, it's, it's probably exactly how I dreamed it to be like. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was, I think it was last year's playoffs. You were guarding Paul George and, you played great defense on him and he just pulled up and hit like a 20 footer. And I was like, damn, man, that was good defense. Does, yeah. does that ever um, get to you? Does, I mean, cause you can't stop these guys, but does it get to you? Or do you just realize this is how good these guys are? Um, both. I mean, we talk yeah. about it every practice and every preparation, you know, we, we watch yeah. videos and analyze stuff and guys are going to make shots and they're going to make tough shots, but yeah. all you can do is like, put your heart out there make it, make it hard for them and challenge every shot. That's all you can do, you know, and then you did your job. Yeah, there's some days where people just go off and there's nothing you can do. I mean, great example. Just yesterday we, we played against uh, San Antonio and, and yeah. Jalen got hot. You know, there was nothing you can do. He made every contested jump shot like in a two point area, a mid range area, which you basically want as a team. But, you know, it, it's yeah. one of those days where you just can't do much about it. I'm going to ask you about Jalen Brunson later because uh, there was a Maxi Cleaver sighting down on the Jersey Shore this summer. Okay, I'm going to ask you about that. But uh, now, yeah. as I remember, your mom and dad were not big sports fans, right? Uh, I know your brother played a little hoop, or yeah. So I have two brothers. I'm the middle child, and both of them yeah. play basketball. My older brother is probably the reason why I started basketball. Yeah, and the younger one is the one why I try to become better because he was really kicking my ass some days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad used to play soccer back then, and uh, my mom. She, she didn't do too much uh, in sports. Right. Yeah. So you, but you had that, you had that uh, Dirk, Dirk was the guy when you were starting to get serious. Yeah. Was there a, you, you played for John Patrick, I think. Who, yes, correct. He's from what I know of him, an American, he's a tough coach, very yeah. demanding. Did a guy like that, were there coaches <laughs> like that who kind of helped you kind of discover yourself? Yeah. Um, so I also remember that pretty well. I was not even considered to be signing with my hometown team when he came there. <clears throat> and then yeah. we had a workout and we did like a lot of the stuff that we do was mainly footwork. So he right. wanted to see how I'm moving. And for my height, I moved pretty well, which made him seem like, okay, I think this guy can play defense because if you look at the teams that he has, they're always like, like dogs, you know, that yes. they fight, they make, yes. make it tough on you. And that's what he wanted from the team. So that's one thing that I took away from this. You know, he always challenged us players to play as hard as we can, no matter yeah. what, and just like do the dirty work. So every player that we had on the team was willing to sacrifice his body. And that's like one of the things that I, I took away from there, you know, just playing hard, sacrificing your body and just doing the dirty work. Yeah. Even though a lot of people don't see it, but, you know, you know what you do for the team and the team knows too. Yeah, you know, if um, people who are listening to the podcast, John Patrick played at Stanford University, mm -hmm. and then he, he played in Europe, and I, I believe he's still in Ludwig, Ludwigsburg yeah. coaching, yeah. and the philosophy is the same now, junkyard dogs, Yep. and is that, I'm just curious, because you are a kind of a junkyard dog, is that part of where your kind of role developed? Yeah, I would say so, you know, I took 
a lot of pride in, in defense. Um, the, the number one thing was always to like stop your man. Um, so yeah. coming back to the question before, obviously, uh, sometimes yeah. when they make shots and you, you did a great job, you're like, man, what else can I do? But um, that's yeah. definitely something I took away from that, yeah. That's cool. Now, I, I'm as a former coach, I want to talk about more, you know, all, all the as, aspects of your of your career, but you're a shot blocker too. How does that, I'm just curious as a former coach, how does how does a guy learn how to be a shot blocker? I, I'm I'm five seven, so I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, with five seven, it might be a little bit harder. Um, <laughs> I'm six ten. I have a solid wingspan. I can jump decently, so I guess that's kind of helpful for blocking shots. And then I think a lot of a lot of a lot of it comes down to timing and yeah. to to the will of like going for a block because yeah. sometimes you might end on the other. Uh, highlight you know and that happens too but if you're willing to go for a block and challenge shots and sometimes you don't even get the block but you challenge shots and make it harder um you know if you're willing to do that all the time i guess that plays a big role too what's the worst you ever got dunked on by somebody uh well if you go by social media attention it was probably (laughs) like in the playoffs by Kawhi. um but there have been like some solid dunks you know but like i got some good blocks too so uh yeah you know it's, it's just part of the game you can tell your grandkids about both. One hundred percent. Yeah, you can tell them about both. All right. So when I remember you as an 18, 19 year old, everybody was talking about you in Germany. Uh, we invited you to the Euro camp. I think you came one summer because mm-hmm. I know Donnie, Donnie Nelson had mentioned you to me when you were a young player. But you had the bad luck of being hurt like two or three seasons, knees, yeah. hands. How frustrating was that? Because in your generation, 1992, many of us were like, well, we never get a chance to see this Maxi guy because he's always hurt. What what was that frustration level like for you? Uh, I mean, the frustration was unbelievably high. Um, you know, the fr- it started off when I broke my knee when I was 18. And that kind of like got my body completely out of balance because I came back um, maybe a little bit too early. Then I twist my ankle right, twist yeah. my ankle left. I broke my hand, broke my foot, broke my other foot. Like, it seemed like it was never stopping. And I kind of got into like a cycle of just injuries. Like it took a while to like break out of that. And I finally managed to do it when I played in Spain for one season, Um, you know, but after that, I came to the summer league and tried to work out again. And all of a sudden I hurt myself again. So it was really frustrating because, you know, with the first um, injury, you just like try to stay positive. You say, okay, I'm going to work on my body. You know, I'm getting stronger. I can work on different skills and all that. And I can, I can do other things, but you know, if you injured for three years at some point, it's just frustrating and you just want to get out of that and don't feel miserable again. Um, it, it definitely uh, was a, a big learning experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Now you, I, I remember your career did turn around in, in, uh, in Obradoro. Mm-hmm. You went to, right. you went to Spain and uh, did you play for Mancho coach Fernandez? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mancho. you weren't some, you weren't some tricky basketball. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he demanded a lot, yeah. He's a good coach. I, yep. did, now, then you came back to, uh, to Munich. Yeah. And you're, I remember watching you, you um, and this is true of a lot of guys who come across the water to the NBA. You were a role player even in, even in Munich, as opposed to a star. Like, like, let's take Luca for example, at Real Madrid. But your role in, in Europe kind of fits what you're doing in the NBA. That's kind of that's kind of how it is with a lot of guys who come over from, from Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, At that point, I also was like a little bit older, I would say, you know, like usually it's young guys that get drafted and, and they try to like um, 
develop their skills and make them better and make them the main guy. So for me, it yeah. was really, I, at first I didn't even know, like, am I going to stay or not? Right. Am I going to go back to Europe or what is the plan here? Um, because you never know. It's a, it's a fast business, right? Especially right. the NBA. Um, yeah. But the, the role has been pretty similar. Um, I think I, I had the ball maybe a little bit more attack more something I can yeah. or have to get back to it to here. Um, but like, it's pretty similar in the playing style. Yeah. I, I was told by somebody uh, who should know uh, that you had to be convinced that you could play in the NBA and your family too. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. When, when you get to the NBA, I mean, at least that's, I had like a lot of respect for everything that was going on here, yeah. obviously, yeah. because it was, it was, you, like you come here and even though I was a little bit older, everything was just like so impressive. It was, it was so much information and, yeah. and I don't know, you see like the, ta the talent and the level of skill that everybody has. And you just like, wow, because in Europe, you know, with my athleticism, I would be like probably in the, in the top 5%, but exactly. here <laughs> <laughs> you're not anymore. So you can't yeah. just rely on being athletic and jumping maybe a little bit higher than other people or being taller because everybody here is, but then again, they have even more skill like basketball wise. So um, definitely a challenge. And like, you had to like adjust to that. When, when you got on your first charter flight on a road trip in the NBA, what was that like? Like, I can't believe Man, I'm not even sure if I want to tell the story about the first charter flight, because uh, first of all, it was, it was amazing because you, you just go through the uh, check-in, like you don't really have to do much. You know, they right. check your bag if you like on the list <laughs> and then you go on the plane, you have food there. You have a yeah. seat with like a lot of space. So we landed in Orlando and I was, uh, I was wearing Jordans <laughs> and I got out of the plane and it was like super humid. I think it might've rained before. So the metal things were like slippery and I had no grip. So I slipped on the, like the last step of the stairs and I slipped yeah. and fell. So not a pleasant, uh, you know, start into my NBA traveling career, but it was definitely like a funny thing to happen. Yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. I have to think when you come from the German league to, uh, or even the Euro league to the NBA, yeah. like I know, I even know the locker room, like Mark Cuban, who different. I know he, he, he makes sure everything's first class. It's yeah. a little bit different, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so different in, in Europe. Sometimes, you know, when you, you fly regular flights yeah. um, and, and sometimes the emergency seats are gone. So when you yeah. have like an hour 30 flight or two hour flight and you don't have an emergency um, seat with uh, emer emergency seat, not emergency room. And um, when you're 610, yeah. it can yeah. be, it can be really, really tough on you, yeah. you know? So the traveling here was definitely different. And then you have like, you have the best hotels, you, have a room by yourself it's just a completely different level of traveling here obviously. exactly yeah well you've earned it man it's good it's great it's appreciate good. it thank you you've done that all right so you get the fortune now once you once you do sign and uh you come over here and dirk is here you play with mm -hmm. dirk Nowitzki for mm -hmm. two years yep how much first of all tell me about the <laughs> tell me about the relationship with dirk early like he's from your hometown he's mm -hmm. one of the great players to ever play in the league what was that like with him being able to mentor you a little bit? Um, it was it was really cool, and I I don't know how many times I told my family that I can't believe what's happening here because <laughs> I remember taking a picture when I was twelve at home in Würzburg with my friends and my brothers and him, yeah. and you know a couple of years later I stand next to him in the gym, and the first day I arrived here immediately took me to lunch and we had some lunch just talked about like my career his career everything yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I spent the summer, um, I didn't play national team because I, I wanted to use the summer to prepare my body because I had some small issues and stuff like that. Right. He was there the entire summer with me. 
And he was a really good mentor. You know, he talked to me about like what it's like to be a rookie. What do I have to expect? What an NBA season feels like and how much you have to watch out um, on your body, like take care of your body and, yeah. and all this and that. So he really helped me a lot. And, and we did a couple of workouts too, you know, basketball wise. So we were talking about like shooting and what I have to look out for. So I, I think having Dirk here was really a, a big thing and a cool thing for me, just, you know, because you had somebody you connect with right away, being from the same hometown and all that. I think it was 2011 when, let's see, 2011, you would have been what, 18 or 19, right? You'd already yeah. started your yep. pro career when he came back yep. with the, from, from the NBA championship. Yeah, uh, <laughs> really fun day. So that was the only time I really stayed up every game at night uh, and yeah. watched playoff basketball because it starts at like 2.30 or 3 a.m. in Germany. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it kind of ruins the rest of the day. But <laughs> that was the only time I stayed up all the time. And he celebrated that uh, championship in Würzburg too. And I was one of the little kids, little yeah. kids. I was 19 at the time, but yeah. I was in the main crowd when he was singing We Are The Champions on the balcony and, uh, <laughs> of the Würzburger Residence. Did he, did he ever show up in a gym anywhere when you were young? Did you go to camp or something? Did he? Uh, I didn't know. I was never at a basketball camp with him, but I, I know the gym where he always worked out. So right. we, and somebody knew he was there. So we sneaked in and that's when we took the pictures. I don't know how, how pleasant he thought it was, but as kids, we loved it. Obviously. I was, I was told that Holger, his, his, his tutor, his, his coach mm -hmm. doesn't is not impressed with very many players. And when the Mavericks asked yeah. him about you, he said he can be very good. Did you yeah. know that? Uh, I didn't know that. No. So yeah. that's new to me. I remember yeah. with Holger, um, there was a time where we thought about working out with him, but it was just too tough for me to challenge, like to do that with school because it would have right. been an hour drive. I wasn't able to drive yet because I was right. too young. Um, yeah. So it never worked out, but he was actually at some basketball camps and worked out and we always had good workouts. That's good. And you have improved your shooting. That's been a, yes. uh, that's something that's Perfect. made you even a more valuable player the way yep. you've uh, yep. combined your energy. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. All right, uh, just some light stuff. Uh, you you have some characters on your team. You're you're playing with a guy we remember from Eurocamp, uh, uh, Boban Marjanovic. Um, <laughs> he has always had a smile on his face. You're smiling now when I mention yeah. his name. What is it about him that makes him such a great teammate? Um, like a couple of things. First of all, he he always comes in and has a good attitude. Like. There's yeah. maybe like one day a year where he's like not in, in, a, in an amazing mood, but still in a better mood than most people. Right. And then you're like, oh, what's wrong with Bobby? But usually he, yeah. he always comes in. He's always happy. You know, he tries yeah. to like cheer up everybody. And, and, you know, when he's not playing or when he's playing or whatever it is, like he always yeah. like finds good words, words for you. Like um, if you watch players coming out, he always gives you a high five. He tells you like, good job. Like you did this well and this. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's just like a positive um, guy with a lot of energy on on top of that uh, as everybody knows he's super funny so you know yeah um, there's always something to laugh about with him do you think he's going to have a bigger nba career or a bigger career after the nba uh i mean <laughs> just because of, i don't know i just because i want to um, hype up his career after i would say the career after is going to be bigger but um, could be. you know could he, be. <laughs> he's like one of like even like yesterday in the game he's one of the most yeah. effective players there's no way to stop him it's yeah. you know seven and his yeah his work ethic is great so whatever comes after basketball i know he's going to do a good job too he's, he's a monster i think he had 17 and 15 he, yeah he's, he's a monster man yep. he, he's yep. so skilled nobody realizes it you know outside yeah. of it's you know, amazing touch yeah yeah 
Yeah, he, he's been that. I, I love watching him because he because of his attitude. Yeah. All right, you're you're famous. Uh, hey, by the way, I lived in Dallas 19 years. I love Dallas. Have you? Do you have a go? Do you have a German restaurant? Is there? Um, been, there's one. There's, there's one German restaurant I went to with my brother. It's called Kubis. Um, yeah. 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 Have you been? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They have the they have the coleslaw. They have the German yeah. potato salad. And I might the, have to go for some apple strudel today. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. No, that was near my house. I was going <laughs> to ask you. Kubis is a. We got our chicken salad on our and our German potato salad there. Amazing. Yeah. Kubis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good breakfast too. Good. Good breakfast. I never had breakfast there, so I might have it's to try that. Simple, simple American breakfast: eggs and okay. eggs and bacon. So yeah, I like Kubis. It. That's good. Yeah. yeah, Kubis is near near uh, near 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 the house. Okay. Uh, you and Dwight Powell. By the way, it's in. Your team has seven guys that are from different places besides the U.S. Yeah, uh, the Mavericks. Is that Very is that kind of cool that everybody? Yeah, comes it's cool. From? What's that like? Um, it it is cool. So the years before when we had JJ too, like there was a lot of a lot more Spanish, you know. And yeah. Salamejo, he was also able to speak Spanish, so there was like another language in the locker room. Right now, you just hear different languages when everybody's like talking to their family or something. But yeah. it is pretty cool because. I guess you learn a little bit, even though you don't live there, but you hear some things and you learn about cultures and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that is cool. Yeah. All right. Now you and Dwight Powell, you guys are boys, you guys are friends. Yes. Um, what's this pregame stuff you started? Cause I got Maverick friends talking to me about this. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a, so I think all the credit for this should go to Dwight because if you watch him, like he's another guy who like is a really great teammate. Um, he hypes up everybody. He gets everybody ready. And he has he has a routine with every um, player on the roster. So when you ask him about it, he's always going to say like, well, as soon as we walk out there for the layup lines, yeah, I'm, I'm busy until the game starts. Like there's no time for him to like right. fool around. He has something going on with every player. He's playing one-on-one -on -one with Dodo. He's doing the fun stuff with me. He's interacting with other people. So he has like his full routine. And when we do something, um, I don't know how it started. Um, I have to like really go back because I don't remember, but we do like a bunch of like spinning the ball and then yeah. trying to like hit the ball, like soccer style towards each other and then shoot the ball at the same time and stuff like that. Um, but I honestly can't, I don't remember why we started this. So I have to like go yeah. back and, and figure that it's, out. It's, it's catching on. because people. Yeah. It's just, it's just like develops. And then once you started this, maybe one day you do something new and then you yeah. add this to the list and then it just like goes from there. That's good. That's good. You got to keep yourself busy over the long season. So and yeah, <laughs> and, and keep yourself. 100%. Uh, yeah, grounded. Yep. All right, uh, uh, Jalen Brunson. The, the the rumor is that you were seen on the New Jersey Shore this summer. A couple your, times. Your hometown yeah. is kind of landlocked. You can go up to the Baltic Sea, but you know what? What was uh, what was what was going? What, you were with a you in in South Jersey, like Jalen Brunson. You know he's a rock star, right? Yeah, but, I uh, I. That was my first summer at the Jersey Shore, and I, I realized yeah. that once I got there, like he's a he's definitely a hero there. <laughs> I also went to Philly and Villanova with him. Yeah, and we worked out there. Yeah, um, you know, it was this summer. I uh, it was hard to like travel in a normal way because of COVID. So I decided yeah. to do like a big block at home with my family, and yeah. then I came back to the U.S. and um, because of all the rules and this and that. Um, you know, I just like try to like use the time and visit people in the United States, just learn about the cities, see like how they live, like meet their families yeah. and whatever, and just like work out in different places. Um, because also like a lot of staff from the Mavs was, uh, was busy with the summer league or here and there. And 
you know, so I took the time and visited Jalen then. That's great. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. I, I know some people who work at Villanova, so they gave me the they gave me the, they gave me the report on you. That, yeah, that, it was it was that, really funny. That was cool. All right, um, we've been watching. Uh, what what's it like playing with Luca? Um, I mean, it's uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like as a player, you when you're on the court, for, he he gets your shot. So you yeah. just have to be ready because <laughs> even if you don't expect the pass. For yeah. some reason or somehow he saw it and he finds you, you know, and uh, he's an amazing passer. So he draws so much attention that all you have to do is be ready to shoot. You know, and that's something I'm working on getting better with my shots. And obviously you want to take some weight off his shoulders. So we have guys like Jalen who can who can take the ball in their hands. Um, but, you know, like his his talent is unbelievable. His basketball IQ is so high. I don't know if I have I, I I'm pretty sure I've never played with a guy who has a higher basketball IQ than Luca and it's, it comes so natural for him. He's still, he's so young, um, yeah. you know, but it's, it's just probably as fun as for any spectator who's watching it, but oh I also get to be on the court next to him. So um, it's, it's just amazing to watch like his development too. What, what's something about his game that would surprise like, to me, I can't believe how big and strong he is. Is it, yeah. is it that way when you practice against him? Yeah, 100%. It's actually, impressive um because you know sometimes they maybe switch a big guy against him and yeah, you know yeah. he has like because of his shot he has the speed to go around people but sometimes he just like pushes them in and shoots a fadeaway over them because he's equally yeah. strong so um for me like the most impressive thing is like i said his his ability to see open men you know like especially like his corner passes are like across yeah, the court yeah. fast and and uh, like the patience that he has, like every time he drives in, you know, he's, he's super calm and he just like takes an easy step back. And every time I watch him shoot, I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Like it doesn't feel like he can miss those ever. Yeah. I did the Olympic game this summer uh, when he had 48. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, that tells the story right there. Yeah. Even, even your owner was up at four in the morning watching. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was incredible. That was crazy. And then the next game, Spain put the double team on him the whole game. Yeah. I and mean, they, they had to, they had yeah, to, and that's crazy. crazy. You have to think about it. Like double teaming like this in Europe, like it's, it's, a, yeah, he's incredible. Well, it's one thing if the bell, if Belgium double teams him, but Spain double teams yeah, him, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's the crazy thing. So, all right. Last couple of things. We, we appreciate your time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that you came on the show. Um, you're kind of, you're, you're a fixture in the, I mean, we know the NBA, you could get traded tomorrow, but you're a fixture in the Dallas community. You came back this summer. You you know you do some stuff with the the Mavericks camps. What's it like to be an NBA player, but also be somebody that kind of pays it forward a little bit? Um, you know, like with the Dallas Mavericks, like starting with our owner Mark. You know, yeah. it's like everything about this organization is so much more than basketball. You know, every and and it's so easy for a player to jump on. Like there were a lot of things like in the past too. You know. Um, when collectively we as players plus like the organization we just like try to help outside in the community and do stuff like that and you know like everything that I want to do I just have to ask and they organize it for like if I say like hey I want to like I want to do something with a basketball camp here or I want to like support people there they always find a way to help and they make it so easy for you as a player because you know at the end of the day we do play basketball and it's a sport but you also like kind of like a role model and people yeah. are looking up to you and we are also blessed and in a very good situation to help people you know and so you have to like take advantage of that because i feel like with that there comes like a responsibility um so you have to take like control of that too 
Um, but like I said, everything that you want to do here, the maps are fully supporting you. And with everything that's going on, Mark yeah, is the first yeah. one to reach out to players and tell and say like, Hey, if you guys want to do that, I'm, I'm standing behind you. I want you guys to do that and all that. So um, it's, it's pretty easy to make good decisions here. Given that the fans love the Mavericks in Dallas and you're giving back, what's it like being, you know, last year for you personally, especially with injuries and COVID, it was a tough year. What's the, what's it like this year being back in the arena with people screaming and yelling and, and uh, knowing how to uh, talk about you? It is, it is so different. Like I can't <laughs> even like, you, did, you didn't even realize how much you missed it until you like figure out, Oh, wow. Like, I love yeah. the fans here. Like the fans are finally back. They're supporting you. And we have really great fans here. You know, like yeah. the, the gym is basically almost all the time packed. Yeah. Now, now, depending on like, if it's an early game, maybe people arrive a little later um, yeah. because they have to work, but every game, like even during the week, not just weekend days, it's always like full and crowded and they're loud. They're supporting us and really good fans. And you definitely missed that for the last season. And, and we needed that back. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. Yeah. It's great to see everybody back. All right, final thing. You're, 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 you're beyond basketball. I could tell how thoughtful you are, your personality. What do you see yourself like, you know, 15 years from now when you put the ball away? You have, have you thoughts, thought about post-NBA? Post, uh, that is actually a really good question. I ask myself a lot of times because when I was young in school, yeah. teachers always ask like, so <laughs> you guys need to make a plan. What do you want to do? This and that. And I always said, I want to play basketball. I yeah. didn't have an answer on what I want to do if I don't play basketball. Yeah. Obviously, at some point, you have to make a decision and you yeah. got to find something. Um, you know, like things that I'm really interested in is like medicine and sports. That's a, like the two components that I really like. Now, will yeah. I do a full like study of medicine to become a doctor? Probably not because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how much I want to be just in sports, but, you know, depending on how my career goes and how much energy I have and what I want to do, where I'm at with my family life and all this, yeah. um, I could see myself being like a coach maybe for kids on the side, you know, because I love to like um, teach them like new things and help them out because yeah. I remember how that feeling was for me or, you know, do something in like sports business, kind of like st something yeah. like that. Yeah. But um, what I'm really going to do, I don't know yet. Um, that's a good question. I'm, I'm yeah, thinking about it every day and trying to figure out. Yeah. I hope you stay healthy for about another five or six, seven years. So you can, I hope so too. Career. Yeah. Thank you. The other, the other suggestion, you. the other suggestion I have for you is you could become Jalen Brunson's agent. Cause after last night, man, <laughs> I said, if he signs me, I would, I would do it immediately. <laughs> I think you both would do well. Cause he, yeah. our, our guy's playing great and send him 100%. my best. I yes, will send my best. And uh, Hey, Maxie, we'll root for you all season, man. I, I like I said, I go, I go back to the days of Treviso. We were waiting to see you. You got hurt. Yeah. And the, the, you know what? There's always a plan and you, you stuck with it. And now yep. you're in the NBA and uh, you're well thought of. I can tell you, I talked to my friends around the league and uh, they, you know, I you appreciate were, it. Yeah. So all the Thank best you. to you, all the, all the best to the Mavs and uh, stay healthy. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Thanks very much to Maxi Kleber of the Dallas Mavericks for uh, us getting a chance to talk uh, NBA basketball, German basketball, and his great journey. Uh, remember, if you like what we're doing, please rate and subscribe our podcast. Uh, give us a good review. Uh, we're bringing you great, interesting basketball content from around the world, and we love doing it. And uh, we, we're going to have great guests coming up again as we uh, try to do every week. And uh, 
that's really important to us. So, uh, and if you want to go back and listen to any of the 60 some odd podcasts we've already recorded, uh, go back on that SX, download that SXM app, and you'll be able to find great conversations with Jeff Van Gundy and Jerry Colangelo and uh, so many others who uh, have come your way on the World of Basketball podcast. So with that, as I promise you every week, next week, I bring you to another place in my world of basketball. Remember, World of Basketball is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Chris Tyler. The producer is Denny Gallagher. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. And a very special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming, Steve Cohen. Serious XM Podcasts.